and MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey everyone, hope you're having a great day. Today I'm going to be talking to you about a really cool lesson that I learned over the weekend when I was at a men's conference. Um, today is the day after my birthday, so yesterday we did some birthday things. That was pretty fun. I am old now. I'm 31, and uh, man, my bones are creaking. No, I'm just kidding. I feel very, very spry still, um, but I do feel, you know, older because <laughs> I got a, I got another another year added to me. Um, but yesterday was cool. So Ashley took me out to this really cool skate park in Orange County. Uh, we drove like an hour to get there and, you know, did some fun stuff there. I clearly am nothing close to, you know, what I could have been or what I was 10 years ago. I mean, everyone's probably felt that if they've played sports or anything like that. You know, I probably hit my peak when I was like 17 years old, actually, so longer than that. And then I really started slowing down when I started to like start working and things. Um, I started working at 15, but until I like when I got a big boy job at 18, um, that's when I really slowed down skating. So my skateboarding skills really took a dive. But I would say from like 22 years old all the way till now, I've probably gone maybe twice a year, maybe three times a year. This is probably the longest I've gone without a session of any kind, and it definitely showed I was not very good. <laughs> I did end up picking up a few things by the end and hitting a few, like, you know, uh, what, what any legitimate skater would consider very basic level tricks. Uh, but that was so cool. I still ended up doing one, uh, which was kind of nice. I was like, all right, cool. At least I landed that. But uh, it was a lot of fun to get back there, and I bought, ended up buying a new board, um, ended up getting some new skate shoes, because my shoes are, you know, if, you've, if you're familiar with skating at all, skateboarding, like, when you get to a certain level, like, you've ripped through shoes, like, within weeks or months, uh, because how how insane the grip tape is on the on the shoes themselves. Um, typically, I'd start, I would used to go through a board, you know, when I was getting, you know, I was at a higher, when I was at a higher level, I would go through a board every month or so but you know nowadays like I'm not doing anything that crazy so uh they'll last me they last me for a long time but I nevertheless I basically lost my deck I had the trucks and wheels and stuff but I lost the deck when we started traveling so I had to get a new deck and uh it was pretty sweet though but man there are some amazing amazing skaters out here like I grew up with a couple guys that ended up going pro and you know I was good but 
you know, I was probably, in the, I was like in the top 10% of like our, like, you know, kind of posse. Um, you know, I competed and stuff, but I mean, I never like placed super high in competitions. Um, you know, I was again, like the top like 10%, but you know, that I, it, that's not good enough to go pro. Um, like I was loosely sponsored by some companies, um, like skate shops and stuff. But like, again, we're talking like loose sponsorships, nothing in contracts. I wasn't getting paid, just like kind of getting some products here and there, getting some t-shirts here and there. Um, pretty interesting story actually with that. But so that's kind of like my, you know, miniature background with, with, with that. Um, but actually there's some, there's actually some really good lessons in that whole, in, in what I was just talking about. Maybe I'll share those someday. Um, with, I probably could have gone pro, like I had the physical capacity to do it. I had the skill, um, but I didn't have the mindset and there's a, we've talked about it with Ashley a few times, like why, why didn't I go pro? And then also like she was a full ride volleyball player through college, but she could have been like great. She was really, really good, but she self selects herself as like not great. And why is that? And um, funny enough, it's actually very similar reasons for both of us. So anyway, story for another time. Um, But that's what we did yesterday. Went to this really cool park. And the level of skaters, like I was saying, is just so insanely high out here. I mean, there are some guys that, I mean, like I said, I grew up with a couple guys that ended up going pro. But there's a few people that we were like just like they could have been pro right now. And I don't know if they were, but they were there's three of them. And that's like huge concentration of epic level skaters in any given park. So it's just crazy. But I guess Orange County at one of the biggest skate parks uh, breeds that. So that being said, oh, and then on the way home, (laughs) we were driving the car and we ran over this gigantic like nail, but it wasn't just like, it wasn't just a nail that would pop a tire. Cause like we've got, you know, you can get a tire hole plugged, right? Um, This thing like blew the tire out, like boom. I went to go put air in it, and it was like gaping hole, like blowing out way faster than I could put it in. That's how big the hole was, and we it did it like late at night, and or not late at night, but later than most shops are open. So literally, no shop, every shop was closed, or every shop was so full they couldn't take us because there's such a dense dense population in Southern California, which is quite annoying actually. That like after 6 p.m., everyone's off work and everyone is you know, going to the car, the car place to get their car fixed and everyone's everywhere. And it's just crazy. So needless to say, we had like no options. So we call, I called a BMW dealership and I was like, you know, I told them the situation like, well, all the techs are gone. You know, you basically screwed, you know, best thing we can do is like, you could leave the car here overnight. We're 60 miles from our house, by the way, six, you could leave your car here overnight and, um, you know, take a loaner. And I was like, okay. So literally the loaning manager person was leaving in like five minutes. I was like 15 minutes away on a normal tire. I'm on like no tire, right? Uh, there's no spare in, a, in this particular, that particular car. Uh, there's just run flat tires on it. So you can only go like 20 miles an hour on it. And um, so we're like poking our way over there. We get there just in time for the rental manager before she pieces out. And we ended up figuring it out. We ended up taking, I'm in like the rental car right now, um, taking the rental car, leaving the, um, you know, leaving our car there. And I was like, oh man, whatever. So it is what it is, but it was like a nice little, like, you know, extra $250 little shenanigan for the stupid t- Those tires are like pretty expensive for in compare, like in comparison to what tires should be because <laughs> they're run flats, idiot run flats. 
Um, so good times. That's what we did. That was the end of the night. Then we came home and uh, had some dinner, um, which was fun. And then went to bed. And I opened some few presents. Like I said, got a few, got a few things. I got some skate shoes. Got uh, a couple shirts from Ashley. Um, got a three hundred dollar car bill. <laughs> um, yeah. So good times. I, I actually learned um, that, like the average person, I don't remember the, I think it's like over 70 something percent of people in America, like a, a $500 expense would like not cripple them, but they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Like they couldn't, they couldn't absorb a $500 random, random expense. And I, I, I like, it always kind of brushes over me. It's, I mean, I've definitely been there for sure, you know, in the past where a $500 random expense would be like really painful and like, or I couldn't even do it. Um, and would have to either borrow money from someone or use a credit card, which I never used a credit card for personal purchases. So I would have had to borrow the money if I needed it. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, 70% of people. And I just had this like random $300 expense come up and it's like, you know, it's highly annoying, but it's like, you know, we could do it of course, but it's highly annoying still. And, but it just made me like realize like, wow, it's a lot of people, you know? seven out of 10 people, like just that flat tire would have really seriously hurt them. Like it, it annoys me, but it doesn't like hurt our long, doesn't hurt. You know, we can still go to the grocery store. We can still go, you know, do our things. Right. Um, so that being said, like, you know, people need your opportunity. They need this business. And so don't be afraid of that. If, if that is literally a thing that could happen to people and really hurt them, like, you know, be a, be a saving grace to them and offer your opportunity. Anyway, I wanted to share something with you guys today, and I want to actually speed this up because I am on a bit of a clock now. Didn't realize how late it was in the day. Um, and I want to talk to you about making decisions. And um, I heard a really good talk this weekend. I was at a men's conference, and there was a Navy SEAL that was speaking, and he was talking about <clears throat> making decisions. And essentially, I'm going to kind of boil this down to the very core essence of it because it's really powerful, and I got to get get rolling here. Essentially... We all let ourselves down, and I do this myself. I don't really do it in business too often, but I do it in other areas of life, like fitness a lot, um, or eating. You know, I, I have a body type. If you don't know or seen me, like I have a body type that's very thin, naturally thin. So it's hard. It's actually hard for me to gain weight, like get muscular. Which nowadays, it's I actually appreciate it. But when I was little through high school and college, I actually hated it. Um, you know, because you're, you know, you've probably all seen those really, really, really skinny guys. Like, guys don't like to be called skinny, you know, so it was a little tough. Um, you know, not like scar you for life tough, but like, you know, it's, it's difficult to deal with. And so that's kind of my particular body type. And um, so I can let myself down in certain fitness ways when I'm trying to work out and stuff. And what this Navy SEAL was talking about was you should make decisions carefully and always follow through with them. So, for instance, if I say, hey, um, Ashley, tomorrow I'm going to go do a two-hour workout, and then tomorrow I wake up late, and it's 8 a.m., right, and I, and I go to do this two-hour workout, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Like, I don't have time to do this. I can't finish this. Um, this is really hard, whatever. What he's saying is it doesn't matter how hard, how hard it is. It doesn't matter when you woke up. You committed. You made a decision to do the two-hour workout. So do the two-hour workout, finish it, complete your decision, and then after the workout say, Okay, I'll never do that again. Then you make your choice next time to be more cognizant about how you plan your workout, right? So tomorrow I'll do a 30-minute workout, and then if you want to go over, you can, but you never break a decision. Hey, Ashley, tomorrow 
I am going to make 10 phone calls to prospects, right? I'll, I'll call 10 applicants. I have to call those 10 applicants based on this guy's philosophy. And if it becomes this horrible thing that I end up working way too late on or whatever, next time I'm more, I have to be more careful about the decision I make. You know, vice versa. Um, so I guess that's, that's really just the point is, you know, think about your decisions properly. Don't make a decision unless you're sure you're going to follow through with it and then follow through with it no matter what. So most people do is they make too many choices and they don't follow through with them. They, they make decisions slowly and then they change them quickly. That's a really strong trait of unsuccessful people is making decisions slowly and changing them quickly. A trait of successful people is the exact opposite, making them quickly and changing them slowly. So I guess saying all this, I would advise you to if you have a couple decisions that you know you need to make, like maybe you need to commit to start working your business more intently. You need to commit to start showing a couple presentations a day. Or maybe you need to commit to finishing your funnel within the next few days rather than keep dragging it out. Or maybe maybe you need to commit to spending time with your family. Whatever the case is, you need to make a choice and then do it and then readjust that choice based on what happened. So rather than continuing to be in your own head, make a choice walk it out and then say, I'll never do that again, or I will do that again, or I'll make an adjustment to that. So the point is, make decisions, don't ever, ever, ever give up on them, you must commit, and then readjust them. That's one of the biggest traits of, of Navy SEALs, he said, is they make a decision, they never, ever quit on the decision until the thing is completed, and then they readjust. Contrary to what a lot of people do is they readjust in the middle of the course, that's what separates people that make it to SEAL, all the way through SEAL training and those that don't, which obviously Navy SEALs, Green Braves, these are people that <clears throat> are widely regarded as some of the most tough people on, on the planet because of what they go through. And that's one of his biggest lessons is making decisions properly because when people go into SEAL training, <clears throat> he says if people don't commit beforehand, like I will not quit, doesn't mean they're not going to quit, but they're the only ones that have a shot at making it. So the only way you have a shot of sponsoring anyone this week or this month is if you commit to doing it. If you don't commit, can a blind squirrel find the nut every once in a while? Sure, but it's not predictable, not consistent. So anyway, hopefully that helps. Hopefully that gives you a, uh, a little lesson that is valuable to you. I have to, I have to bolt, like I said, um, but that was really helpful for me. Uh, I have to really start applying that a little bit more intentionally in uh, like my fitness life. And I actually did apply it the other day. I was doing a workout and I was uh, in the middle of something and I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I don't have time to do this. And I literally packed up my stuff and started to walk out. And then I was like, I just heard this guy's voice in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, no, I can't do that. So I went back in, hobnobbed this machine together that could actually do the thing I needed to do, and then ended up finishing it. So anyway, hopefully all have an amazing day. Um, like I said, if you found value in this podcast, do me a favor, leave a rating and review, and I'll see you all very soon.
Thank you.